I am so excited. You guys already know this is my favorite thing to do to start the week with the pretty crew. But you also know that the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is stop what you're doing, subscribe, hit the notification bell below so that you're always notified when a video goes up. And then I want you to grab your coffee and grab your word and let's get started. Okay, so you guys can see that I have a guest, um, but before, right, that's the one. And you guys, I don't think you guys have seen her. No, I don't think you guys, because I think the last time that she was on was for the podcast, when I first started the podcast a couple of years ago, um, and we weren't doing video then. Maybe we were, I don't remember, but it's been a long time since she's been here. But before she introduces herself, I'm going to tell you what coffee I'm drinking today. I am drinking Pete's Vanilla Cinnamon Coffee. I have vanilla unsweetened almond milk, and because I didn't have creamer, I have the pistachio latte. Um, I don't know if you guys can see this. It's a sugar-free, zero calories syrup from Skinny Syrups. So I kind of finagled my own creamer there. Um, but the coffee is good. It's from Pete's Vanilla Cinnamon. I used a K-Pod and so far so good. So now I am going to let my guest introduce herself. You want to say hi to the girls? Hi, everybody. My name is Cassie and I am Petra's sister and everyone calls me Sean. Just a little bit about myself. First of all, I'm happy to be here. So thank you, Rosaline, for having me. And it's such a pleasure to be here. And seriously, okay. subscribe to this channel because I've lived with her for a long time. I've known her <laughs> for a long time. And what she's doing is working in her personal life. And so I can attest to that. So subscribe for real if you want to know what's happening in her walk with God and you would like to grow. This is a great place to, a great wealth oh. to grow from. Thank you. So too. a little bit about me. And like I said, my name is Cassie. I'm 33 years old. I have three kids, but I'm pregnant right now. I have a set of twins. I've been married four years and my educational background is in psychology. I've not worked in psychology, but that is what I trained in formally. But I've worked in teaching and sales and ministry and praise and worship. And right now I'm a stay-at-home mom. And out of all the jobs that I've had by far, it's the most challenging, but it's also the most rewarding. It's resulted in a lot of time for me to pursue God, a lot of opportunities for me to uh, humble myself before God. And it should be fileable as a 1090. I should Hello. be able to pay for this. So someone's watching that has some strings to pull, pull them. I am also drinking um, herbal tea. It is orange cinnamon spice because I don't drink coffee. Um, when I drink coffee, it makes me feel like I have taken a street drug. So <laughs> I can't do that anymore. <laughs> and the tea that I drink also has to be decaffeinated. So I drink decaffeinated tea and that's what I'm having right now. So thank you for having me. I, I'm happy to have you. And I think it's a really good lesson. Y'all know your limits, know your limits. If, if yes. coffee is not for you, coffee is not for you. That's okay. We've had people that drink juice, water, tea, coffee, smoothies, energy drinks, whatever is their preference for getting them going in the morning. That's what we do here on Pretty Good Coffee. So now that we've done the introductions and we've talked about what we're sipping on, it's time for the word. And Tudor and I, well, Sean, she, she goes by Sean in public. <laughs> you call me whatever girl. We are going, okay, perfect. We are going to read two scriptures for you today. We have, um, we have these conversations and we kind of 
just like I do with everyone else that we bring on, these organic, transparent conversations, we're continuing them with you, right? So you guys get to see a peek into my real life relationships and how I do the word with my circle. And so I'm excited to do that with my sister. So I'm actually going to read Galatians six and nine, and I'm going to do the CSB version. And then Sean is going to read her scripture. And then we're going to dive right into the, the chat. And if you guys hear Evie in the background, y'all already know this is real life. Y'all got to keep going. Just, just move forward. Okay. So, so Galatians six and nine CSB version, let us not get tired of doing good for we will reap at the proper time. If we don't give up, let us not get tired of doing good for we will reap at the proper time. If we don't give up. Okay. What's yours? Okay, so mine is Psalms 1 through 3, and the specific scripture that the Lord has been dropping in my spirit very often this season is actually verse 3, so I'm going to start with verse 3. So verse 3 says, um, I'm coming from the NIV, so Psalms 1 and 3 says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And some versions say in due season. But listen again, it says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in due season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. But you notice the beginning of that verse started with that person. That person. So we're going to see who qualifies for that promise because that promise is a hard hitter. It mm. says whatever you do is going to prosper. And it says you will receive harvest time. That's a guarantee. Whatever you do prospers and harvest time is guaranteed to come to you guaranteed. Granted, in due season, but it's promised. So we want to see if we qualify for that blessing. That's so good. verse one and two says who God is promising that to. Okay. Let's look at verses one through two. And for these, I'm going to read out of the NLT. So okay. Psalms chapter one. Verses one and two, it says, okay. oh, the joys of those, one, who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Mm -hmm. Let's stop one. here for a second. This is not talking about people who follow the culture because culture is not reflective of the church. Those are two completely different entities that are at odds with one another. Right. If you follow the culture as your means of living, that's, this promise is not talking to you. If you, pro if you follow anything other than the advice of the Holy Spirit, this really is not talking to you. But if you do not follow the advice of the wicked, you're good to go. The next one says, this person does not stand around with sinners. So mm. you look at your circle and you can, let's say you have a circle of five people or maybe 30 people, 50 people on Instagram, 100 people, wherever your circle is, your family, your friends, your circle of influence, people who don't even know you, but you're feeding from their wells. All of that is your right. circle of influence. Uh -huh. The people at the church that you go to church with, the people on your job that you connect with, your whole circle of influence, if they would be judged as sinners, this promise is not talking to you. It's not talking to you. But if you've allowed the Lord to purify your circle, where you can look at your circle of influence, the people you listen to on your podcast, the people you watch on YouTube, the church that you're going to, and the people you connect to within your church the pastor at your church, if you're looking at the, your family, if you're looking at your friends, if you're looking at your circle of influence and you can judge those people and say, they're not sinners. I'm not standing around with sinners. I'm not saying that they never fall, but right. they are practicing holiness. This is for you. The next one says, 
this person does not join in with mockers. That's pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. So it has three qualifications. It says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. So if you're, I'm just going to unfold the join in with mockers a little bit. If you're participating in gossip, if you're participating in criticizing, which is very, very, very easy to do in this culture because it's highly accepted. If that's what you're doing, this scripture is not promising anything to you. Yep. It can be for you. It can be for you. But before you try to reap this promise, you have to first align yourself with verses one and two. You cannot be walking in a critical lifestyle. I'm not saying you can't have a moment where you slip into criticism because I've done that before. And by God's grace, I know you've also done that before, but we repent from that. I'm not saying you have a moment of falling. But if you are habitually living in a lifestyle where you're criticizing people, and it's sometimes it's not even outside, sometimes you're criticizing inside, mm-hmm. right? You're giving yourself the benefit of the doubt for everything, but then you hold other people to a higher standard that there's no way you're living to right now. You're criticizing right. others in your heart. Um, this, does, this is not for you. So before you're ready to reap this promise, you have to ask yourself, do I qualify? Mm, I love that. Am I surrounded with sinners? Do I join in? Am I critical with other mockers? And then also, um, what was the first one? Uh, do I follow the advice of, of the, the wicked? wicked. Mm-hmm. So in other words, am I living by this? Am I living by this Bible? That's the only option. If you're making your decisions based off this Bible, then then this qualifies you. So now that we know who it's talking to, let's one more time read verse three to see if, what this promise says. And it says, those people, they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in due season. Uh-huh. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. So I'm ready to jump in if you are. You ready? Yes, let's go. <laughs> so for me, the Lord has been bringing, uh, as I told you before, both of these scriptures up into my spirit um almost almost daily six and nine and psalms one and three you okay i am this this bottle just flew, <laughs> fell over but oh, careful, right, girl. Girl. okay keep going I'm bringing them up a lot with me and so i'm going to just give you um a little background into my testimony to tell you why the lord keeps having this on his mind with me um so for those of you who know a little bit about my testimony and for those of you who don't i'm just going to give you a little backsplash so I went through a season um, at the end of 2016 on up till now um, where the Lord has been literally purging my life. And for since December 2016 up to 2017, he literally stripped me of everything. Yeah. When I say everything, I literally mean everything except the essentials of life. So I, 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 did, I, I moved from my city. I quit my job. I gave up my apartment. I left all my clothes where they were. He literally, all my friends did not know if I had died, if I had fallen off the face of the earth, my phone number came. Every single thing that was connected to me was stripped from me from 2016 to 2017. And my habits were stripped from me. Then he started stripping mindsets from me, delusions from me. Then he started stripping, you know, addictions from me and spirits from me. Then he started stripping um, relationships but they were inner relationships, like soul ties. Soul ties. Yep. It was so much stripping. At first, I was like, this is awesome. Freedom feels great. Very airy. Inside. <laughs> really good. And then I was like, hold on a minute. You're cutting a little deep. Yep. I was like, Lord, I mean, I thought you were taking things away. I didn't know you were going to cut things away. 
I need that. So there were some things that when he started to remove, um, and like, I'll give you an example would be like pride. That would have been something that I would have called like, you know, this is my confidence. Yeah. But the Lord started peeling back those layers and saying, but you see what this actually is. I'm like, oh, wow, that's pride. So when he started to pull that out, it felt very close to me. So anyway, he started stripping me is my point. And I was left with um, a, almost nothing, but I had my family. I had God, I had church. I had my now husband. I got married um, very soon after that in that season. So I had a new marriage. I got pregnant soon after that. So I had kids. So it's not like I didn't have anything. But let's not pretend like he didn't just strip like a million things from me and replace them with like five, okay? So I, yeah. I went through a season of stripping. Then after that, I went through a season of serious isolation. I was isolated from everything and everyone that I knew. And it was so refreshing. It was so refreshing because I didn't realize how toxic those activities were or those people were. Right. So once he stripped them from me, I was like, man, this, this feels good. But my expectation was the Lord was going to replace them like very quickly. Allow me to tell you, he did not do that. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Because he wasn't going to replace old people with new people. He wasn't going to replace old habits with new habits immediately because he wasn't going to pour new wine into old wine skins. First, he had to change me. That's it. That's so it. I'm not going to give you new people in a state like this. I'm not going to give you new blessings, new things in a state like this. I have to prepare you for the new. So I am going to remove the old and I am going to give you new. I am going to give you better. But baby, I got to prepare that vessel first. I got to prepare that vessel. That's it. A season of preparation that I did not account for. Mm -hmm. I thought it would go a little something like this. Lord, <laughs> you speak, I obey, you move. And all that should happen in about three weeks. <laughs> Hello? Come on, God. Come on with the come on. You speak. I obey, you move. That shouldn't take you no longer than 21 days. Right. Everything that we see and everything we don't see was created by Jesus for Jesus. And everything we do see on this earth was created in seven. So I, so I expected God to move quickly. Allow me to tell you he did not. When I say he did not move quickly, I don't mean he took months. I don't, I mean, I don't mean he took a year. I mean, he took years. And when he started adding it, it was like he was adding it drip by drip. That season of isolation followed a season of stripping. These seasons were very difficult. Yeah. One of them would have been difficult, but both of them was unbearable. Both of them. Yeah. So both of those seasons, they were immediately following one another, Petra. There was no yeah. space between. Right. They were immediately following one another. I'm going to strip this, strip this, strip this, strip this, strip this. And now I'm going to isolate you. I'm going to keep you isolated. I'm going to keep you isolated. I'm going to keep you isolated. Goodness, God, I'm going to keep you isolated. And then after those long seasons, right. he was filling me up with his Holy Spirit. And that season was awesome. But it, was, it wasn't, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't to the place spiritually where I was satisfied with, I got God now. Yeah. No, I got you. I mean, I was happy to have met the Holy Spirit in a new way and to have more of God in my life. But Petra, I wasn't over here acting like this is all that I need. Not in 2018, 19. <laughs> no. I was saying this is all that I need. I was no. saying, Lord, give me some work. Hello. Give me, give me some. Give me. Get, put put me to use somewhere. I wanted to be used. I wasn't like you know what. I'm right. happy with you in my closet. I'm grateful for you in my closet. However, happy is strong. <laughs> I need. I wanted more, and He did not give me much more than Himself. Wow. And then he was teaching me 
oh, Sean, you didn't know. I was going to replace all those things with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was replaced with me. I took those bad habits to replace them with me. Right. I took those idolic friendships to replace them with me. I took those mindsets out your mind to replace them with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I took those delusions to replace them with me. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, God, was there anything else we're going to replace it with? He was like, yeah, me and more me. Yeah, yeah. My goal was to empty you, to refill you, not with things and me, but just, just me. me. That's it. I said, well, thank you for sharing. Because <laughs> I certainly did not know that. <laughs> and now you've adjusted my expectation level. So now I'm Which not over weird. here. Yeah, now I'm not over here thinking like, God, I'm waiting for a new best friend. Now I'm thinking like, Holy Spirit, you're actually going to be that best friend. Teach me how to enjoy this new relationship with you. Um, my thoughts started to change like that. Mm. Not, and not like, Lord, give me a replacement for this old thing I used to do for fun. And now I'm looking at the physical realm for something I can do. Like maybe I can go rock climbing or maybe I can join this group or it's changed. It changed from all that. It was like, you know, Lord, I used to do these things for fun. Let me slow down. Teach me how to take delight in your word. That's it. So I started switching my mindsets like that. Now let me surprise you and tell you, excuse me, that God did not respond to this obedience quickly at all. Now I said, now hold on a minute. I paid, I paid now for you to do something. I've allowed you to strip me. I've allowed you to um, isolate you. Isolate me. I've allowed you to fill me with you with only you. I have done all that I need to do mm-hmm. for you to be showing up, booming, busting in my life without limits. You should be where's harvest time is what I was saying. Yeah. I paid for harvest time. Right. I, I I have done enough. But then he had to then renew my mind on this very important thing. You don't gain anything from me because of what you do. That's it. That's so it. So if I were to give you my harvest right now. You would think it was because of what you have done. Yep. Yep. I can't even give it to you. Yeah. You're not ready. No, because you have to understand that when I give these things to you, more of me, more clarity, more wisdom, more power or whatever, um, relationships or friendships or uh, business, anything that you want. And when I give them to you, you have to have the understanding that it wasn't because you did all of that. Mm -hmm. That's you for this. But it's not the reason for this. Right. The reason why I'm giving you the harvest is because I love you. Right. It's his goodness. Yes. It's because of my goodness. Because I'm faithful. It wasn't right. because you were faithful. It's because he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. You being faithful prepared you for it. Right. He didn't purchase it. Right. So he couldn't give me my harvest yet because I would have thought it was at the labor of my hand. But the Bible lets it makes it clear that a woman plants another man waters. But it is the Holy Spirit who yes. brings the increase. That's it. You can plant and water, plant and water, plant and water. And if when that harvest comes, you're going to say, that happened because I plant and watered, you're getting nothing out of your ground. Nothing. If you do, you don't want it because you, you'll, be mis, you'll, be, you'll be miscrediting it. So the Holy Spirit is wise and he'll say, you know what? I'm going to give you this blessing, Sean. I'm going to give you your harvest in due season. And that season is when you will give me the credit for it. Right. 
when you will realize it's not because of your works, it's because of my goodness, like you said. It's right. not because of her faithfulness, it's because of my faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I didn't purchase it, but I gave it to you out of my love for you. In other words, it was free. It didn't feel free to you, but it was free. It was free. I gave it to you out of my grace. I gave it to you out of, out of, out of my will, not from you. So he got me to that place where I realized that. And so then I basically had to bottom line is I got to the place where I said, harvest time is coming, but I'm no longer going to put a timetable on it. I don't know when it's coming now. Because if I could have put a timetable on it, I would have missed harvest time at least 15 times up to now. I would have said it would have come at least here. It would have come here. It would have come here. It would have come here. And it didn't come in those places. I give up. Right. Harvest time will come, but I don't know when it's coming. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to shift my focus from my watch. That's it. That's it. And I'm going to instead put my focus on this Bible. And I'm just going to just focus on what you're talking about. Because clearly you're not talking about time frames. So why am I obsessing about time frames? Mm-hmm. The more I obsess, it's not like the more accurate I become. So let me just switch my focus from my watch to your word. And then I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to start focusing on my walk with God. I'm going to start focusing on my walk with God. Mm-hmm. Giving my priority to my walk with God. Right. And when harvest time comes, I'll be grateful. I have no doubt that it's coming, but I have no idea when You'll it's going to and I'm not checking for it. I think that's huge. I think that's huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking for you. And that's when he spoke this to me. This is a book by Joyce Myers called The Secret Power of, of Speaking God's Word. It's just a book filled with confessions. Yeah, yeah. And he's, so this, the, all that is my background, bringing me up to where I am today. So now this is where I am today. I'm focused on my walk with God. I'm focused on whatever he's talking about. I'm not looking at my watch. And this is what he's talking about. Faith confessions. Confess what I have said about every single area of your life. Uh, Your marriage, what have I said? About parenting, what have I said? I didn't ask you what it looks like. I asked you, what did I say? Okay, confess what I said about your emotions. You can tell me about how you feel, but when it comes to what you're confessing, what did I say about your emotions? Yeah. What do I say about the renewing of your mind? I know it's happening slower than you want it to, but what did I say? I said that you have the mind of Christ right now. So are you confessing that yet? Right. Confess, confess, confess the word of God over your life. So I began to confess the word of God over my life. And it wasn't immediately when he told me that day, he said, start confessing my words, start confessing my word. Honestly, I was like, that's an interesting guy. I've, I've never really practiced that. <laughs> uh, no, ever. If I did, it was on accident. Like I'm confessing it because I'm singing gospel music. Right. I'm confessing it because I'm singing Christian worship songs. But I, I never made a, a, a habitual, intentional practice to be confessing scripture. <laughs> like, oh, this, is, this is fresh. Mm-hmm. So this is new for us. Okay, let's try it. But that child wasn't interested. So I didn't try it for like a month. I'm not gonna lie to you for what? Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah. God, I'm not, I'll get to it. Cause I thought it was just like something maybe extracurricular that he was talking I about. I got you. Yeah. He wasn't talking about that. This was mandatory and necessary for something called deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you need to open your mouth. I said, God, what's the problem? I got you. Uh-huh. God, listen again. You need to open your mouth. That's wow. it a little fellow pressure with that holy spirit i said okay well let me start practicing this again and spiritual warfare started busting out of every wall in my life 
That's it. To get me to shut my mouth up. I said, okay, there's got to be something to this. So I started confessing more. I started confessing more. I started confessing more. I started confessing more. And then I realized, you know what? I'm seeing a little change, but I put the watch back on. But it's not happening quick enough. Uh, now we just went through all that work to get me to take that watch off. But I said, now hold on a minute. This is not for the week. Confessing scripture, Petra, that's not for the week. When you start no. confessing, if you think you're in spiritual warfare now, open your mouth and start confessing that Bible. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're in spiritual warfare because, and I, I don't want to belittle it because I've been there too, but I, I'm going to level with you. You think you're in spiritual warfare because when you try to read your Bible, you fall asleep and you pray. Right. Right. I'm not saying that's not not spiritual warfare. Oh, but there's levels to this. Yeah. You think you're in spiritual warfare because when you try to get up early to pray, you fall asleep in the bed. I'm not saying that's not spiritual warfare, but honey, there are levels to this. Yeah. If you think that's the extent of spiritual warfare... I would like to invite you to open your mouth and confess this Bible. And you see if the devil doesn't bring out his very best to shut you up. Because you know what you're doing? Shutting him down. Yeah, that's it. That's you're it. Shutting him down. So I was like, okay, I'm going to confess this word. I'm going to confess this word. And I'm feeling some growth. And I'm seeing some change. It's happening real slow. And this is real hard. It's hard to say I'm filled with the joy of the Lord when you're struggling with depression for 10 years. Yeah. It's difficult to say I'm at peace and my mind is on this. There's a, there's a scripture that says he that meditates, uh, uh, he keeps his mind on you. You keep him in perfect peace. Peace. So, mm-hmm. if, so I want to confess my mind is stayed on you and I'm kept at perfect peace while I'm having a panic attack. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. Or to say mm-hmm. a confession like this, there's a scripture uh, that, that talks about us being satisfied in God. So for me to say, I'm satisfied in God. When I don't feel satisfied, barely feel happy, full as a scratch, but I'm over here talking about I'm satisfied in God. Mm-hmm. I'm not even satisfied with my waistline. You talking about God? <laughs> it's hard to say I'm when you're depressed, to say I'm at peace when you're anxious, to say I'm satisfied when you're not, to say mm-hmm. I'm strong when you feel weak, to say I'm wealthy when you feel broke. It's that is, that's not for the weak. That is difficult. That's something that you cannot do with your own strength. You cannot even do it. That's how right. hard it is. You, you can't even do it in your own strength. So I'm over here like pumping this way, saying my confessions. And I'm thinking this is about to be a big payoff. Probably soon, better be soon because these weights are heavy. I'm pumping it. And I'm thinking I'm getting a little stronger, but hold on a minute. This is real difficult. Difficult. God, where are you at? I'm pumping some problem. I put one of the weights there and I say, I need one. I'm looking for God like anytime, God, anytime, God, give me the breakthrough, give me the major deliverance, give me the, the Shekinah, give me the Rama. I want the major blasting break- breakthrough, give that me that. Yeah. which he knows what it is for me. And for you, you know what your breakthrough will look like for you. Mm-hmm. But for the viewers, they know what their breakthrough will look like for them. But my breakthrough, I knew what it looked like for me. And I didn't see that yet. Mm-hmm. So I put those weights right back down. And I said, we got to chill for a little bit. I need to regain my strength. Holy Spirit came right back up and said, open your mouth. Take that way back up. Reopen your mouth. And that's when he started using these scriptures almost daily to me. Be not weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, you will guarantee reap a harvest if you don't give up. Psalms 1 and 3. Let me go to that one again. Um, uh, where it says that. Uh, this person's like the tree planted by the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. 
Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Can I say one more point? Yeah, of course. So when he started bringing these scriptures to my mind, obviously I was like, okay, the first thing that you're saying to me, God, is don't be weary, which means don't be so tired that you give up. So I need to pick these scriptures back up. So I started saying them a little bit more, but not with as much tenacity, but I'm saying them a little bit more. But then he says it again, don't get weary, don't get tired. So I'm thinking the Holy Spirit is meaning don't give up. Okay, God, don't give up. The next day, Sean, don't get weary, don't get tired. I got you, Holy Spirit. You tell me not to give up. You tell me to keep confessing. But the more he kept bringing that scripture to my mind, the more he kept unfolding it. And it says, let us not become weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, proper time, proper time, right. we, will, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I'm reading from the NIV, but in other versions where it says, let us not become weary in doing good, it actually words it like this. It says, let us continue in doing good. Not just don't get tired. It says continue. That means process. Yeah. So in other words, he's saying the bottom line is this. He's saying, Sean, I have promised you the desires in your heart. And he has done that. Jesus has said, if you ask me anything, he said, I will give it to you. And he followed that sentence with a period. Then the father in a whole different area of the Bible. Now that was Jesus speaking. And the father himself says, if you ask me anything, he says, first believe that you've already received it. And then you will have it. And then he followed that with a period. With a period. So both Jesus and the father said, I will give you what you ask for. Then the Bible also says, uh, ask and you will receive. Think you will find. Knocking door will be open to you. What did it just say? It said, ask and you will receive. That's three scriptures that have said the same thing, mm -hmm. which is basically, I will give you what you ask for. Right. Will, promise, guaranteed, no matter what, I'm going to give it to you. Joy abundantly, done. Peace unshakable, done. Confidence rooted in me alone, done. You want to fulfill your purpose, done. You want breakthrough in every area of your life, done. You want to renew mine, done. You want to be looking through eyes of faith, done. You want, you want strength that doesn't come from you from encouragement of people, but from me alone, done. You want generational curses broken, done. You want children, done. You want a marriage, done. You want a marriage that looks like what I have for you and not like what you've had in the past, done. You want to be out of your abuse, done. You want to forgive others, done. You want to be forgiven, done, 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 done. Yeah. I've said it in three yeah. places minimum that whatever you ask me for, it's done. So I'm telling you, I'm going to give you your or your breakthrough, or our viewer's breakthrough. He said, I've, I've already promised you, it is D-O-N-E, it is done. But I also told you something very important. If you continue, that's like a farmer that says, and this is what you and I were talking about the other day. Mm -hmm. This is the last point that I'm gonna make right here. God has basically said, you have to get a, a seed in the ground to expect a harvest. Okay, well, how do I plant? Well, what is the seed? The seed is my word. That's it. That's my word. Okay, mm -hmm. God, well, how do I plant this in my life? How do I get this out of my Bible into my life? Mm -hmm. Okay, you have to plant it. How? By obeying it. The Bible says, if you read my word or hear my word and you don't obey it, it says you deceive yourself and you're in a worse position than you were before you read it. That's it. In other words, he's saying you have to obey or it'll jack you up. You don't read it and then don't obey. He said, you take the seed of my word and you plant it into the ground of your life through obedience. 
Mm -hmm. No seed prospers through planting alone, Petra. No seed prospers like that. It has to be watered. Yeah. So then how do I water this seed? You water it through continuing to obey. That's good. Continuing to obey. I, okay, okay, Lord, you told me, I'm going to use one example. Lord, you said I will keep him in perfect peace because one thing that I want from God is this peace. Abundant peace, unshakable peace, unwavering peace which means calmness and tranquility of mind that has absolutely nothing to do with my circumstances. That's I can it. be buried alive and be in the best state of mind I've ever been in if I have the peace of God. That's what I'm trying to have. I don't want the peace that comes from the bottom of a bottle. It wears off in 20 minutes. I want something where I can be buried alive in the ground and be in the best state of mind because I have peace of God. So I say, okay, God, I want peace. He says, done. Now plant it in your life. I go to the word and I say, well, what does it say about peace? What does it say? I say, okay, it says, I will keep him in perfect peace. He who keeps his mind stayed on me. That means perfect peace comes to me if I keep my mind on you. Got it. Now I plant it and I put my mind on God, but only that day. Uh. And I'm over here like, where's my harvest? I know you didn't say harvest. You said harvest after a day. A day that if someone gave you a seed, a real seed, and told you to put this in a pot, and you put it in a pot, and in one day it bore fruit. Don't you eat that fruit? <laughs> Something is wrong with that fruit. That is sorcery. It's not like Jack and the Beanstalk. Seriously, don't you eat that? Don't you eat that? If someone says, Petra, drink this drink, and it's going to make all your pores shrink up. You'll never have another pore visible. And it'll happen in one day. Don't you drink that. You don't want to do that comes in 24 hours. Even if you go to a doctor and the doctor says, you know, you have a tumor in your brain and I'm going to take it out. And after I take it out, um, you, you'll be fine in 24 hours. Uh -huh. Let me stay here a few days. Let me recuperate. Don't tell me that I'm fine in 24 hours. You were just in my brain. Right. But you right. have healing. You have the fruit of healing. In 24 hours? No, I'm going to stay right here on y'all's dime or my dime. I don't care, but I'm going to be right here in this hospital bed recuperating and healing on this brain you just cut on. Why? Because we don't trust things that come in 24 hours. But when it's the Bible, we want it in 24 hours. Oh, for sure. For so sure. What God said was, I want you to take this word. I want you to plant it in your life by being obedient. And then I want you to water that seed by continuing to be obedient, continuing to be obedient, continuing to be obedient. And the Holy Spirit says in his word, if you do that, if you do that, I promise you that you will gain your harvest in due season, but you have no right looking for a harvest if all if one you did not plant. Right. Plant the Bible. You're just doing what you want to do, what you think is right. You mm -hmm. can't expect a harvest from that if you don't plant. But the second thing is, and this is the part we, we all miss, but that I think the Holy, I know the Holy Spirit really wants us to, to drive home today. Here's the point that's really at the top of my heart right now. You cannot expect your harvest if you do not remain in obedience. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying what he's telling me to do. Right. We just confess the word. What has he been telling you to do? Has he been telling you to submit more to your husband? And then you're trusting if I do that, then I will be able to see a new level of love and unity and, 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 and just Christ all in all in my marriage. Okay, but the Holy Spirit is saying, but I also said in my word to continue. Yeah. And his point is, don't stop. Our question should be until what? Until you see change. Yeah. Until you see exactly what you want to see and then some, don't stop. I love that. Um, 
I think a couple of things. So one, guys, you guys can see like it is great to have siblings that are invested in their relationship with God. Like I don't have to do much talking, which is great. <laughs> but I, but there are some things that I really want you to take away um, from what she's kind of bringing down. And so um, if you have your notes and if you've been taking notes, I want you to add to it, right? So these are the things, some really, really key points, right? There's going to be isolation that is going to help you to really tap into what obedience is. Because a lot of times we talk about obedience, the word, not obedience, the act. What Tudor's talking about is obedience, the act. And then because you have done the action of obedience, then you are taught how to steward well. And because you are able to steward well, you understand what nurturing and pruning and tilling actually is for your harvest. You cannot get to those levels until you have stewarded your obedience that came from your isolation, that came from your intentional relationship with God, right? And so that's really important. So you need those things first to even get to the place of where you're ready to prepare for your harvest. Because what Tudor was talking about, there was no harvest in those first seasons, right? It was preparation to work the harvest. You cannot work the harvest if you are not prepared for it. Because actually, if you go talk to actual farmers and people that have actually worked in the ground, it's actually backbreaking work. And it's not something that you could just go out and do one day and be great at. It actually takes continuous practice. It actually takes continuous work. That's the word that she's been bringing up, right? I think one of the other things that you want to talk about is when you're actually doing the work of harvest is that there's submission to it, that you have to submit to actually the process of it. So there are going to be different seasons. There are going to be different levels. There are going to be different requirements. There's going to be stripping away. There's going to be pruning. There's going to be tilling. There's going to be hard places. There are going to be areas that die that you thought looked healthy, but God is going to say, actually, you're going to clip those. You don't need that. That's not of need. That is just vain ornament. That's actually not the bloom that I have for you, right? Because sometimes people forget that weeds are beautiful. A lot of weeds have beautiful flowers, but they're weeds nonetheless. They're, they're weeds nonetheless, right? And so it's really important that when Tudor is talking to you about this full process, that you're thinking about all the steps that are included with it all the steps that are included with it. And submission is one of them because you are having to submit not only your preferences, but your mind, your expectation, right? And even who you were, you have to submit all of that to the unctioning of the Holy Spirit and allow him to make the determination on what stays and what goes. And because he has to have room to kind of fill you up, there's gonna be a lot of things that he's gonna push out. And quite frankly, you're going to want him to push it out because those things that you would have thought in the past that was connected with the old you that was a blessing and that was bounty is really a stronghold and a burden to you. They have no flavor for where you're going. The feast that you're preparing, because that's what your harvest is, right? It's your feast, right? So you are actually doing the work of what is going to go onto your table. But are you ready to flavor it well? Are you ready to cook it well? Are you ready to deliver it well? And will it be a healthy feast or will it be something that's just based on today, this tastes good. Today, this feels good. Today, this looks like bounty. The goal for God is not today. The goal for God is eternity. And so you have to keep that in mind, right? And so when you're going through these seasons and you're looking at God, why is it not today? Why is it not today? Because God doesn't look at today. He looks at the end result. He looks at the end result. And so his goal is to say, if I can get you to understand 
that you have to be a steward over everything in a way that is pleasing to me, not to you, but it's pleasing to me that I can trust you with the end. Today is not what matters. Today is just your work. Today is just your training. It's just your training. And can you be a good steward of what it is that you're asking for? Some of the things that we're asking God for, we don't have them because we're not good stewards yet. Mm-hmm. We don't have them. And it's not because we're not good people. That has nothing to do with it. We can be a good person, but not necessarily righteous. We can be a good person, but not necessarily in relationship with God. We can be a good person and not necessarily be considering what God has actually asked us to do. Because a lot of times what we're doing is the Saul thing, right? We're trying to give God more than what he asked for because it looks good to us. And God is saying, I asked you to do something specific. I asked you to let go of. I asked you to kill off. I asked you to isolate. I asked you to obliterate. I asked you to annihilate certain things. But because this looked good to you, you decided to give it to me and offer it to me as a burnt sacrifice. The only thing I want to burn away is those things in you. I'm not trying to burn away anything else. It's you that I want. You're the vessel that I want to use. And so I think that that's really important. So when you've, when you've talked about the process that Sean is kind of taking us through and this idea of continuity, what does continuity look like to you? What does that mean for you? What is obedience? What is submission? What is stewardship? What is pruning? What is tilling? What are all of those things? What are isolation? What is incubation, right? Because sometimes isolation is actually that he's incubating you. That's good. He's incubating you. And so what does that look like for you? And have you really leaned into that? That's a part of my daily prayer. God, I thank you for allowing me another opportunity to lean into and to learn from you, right? Because everything we do, there should be some type of lesson there. I want to grow every day in my relationship with him. I want to learn something from him every day. But I also want to get to this place where I'm not leaning on Petra because Petra is very self-sufficient. That's just a part of me. Like I will try to do things on my own every time. And I will try to show up in my strongest form every single time. But God is breaking me of that. And he's like, I need you to learn to lean on me and to trust that my direction is always good. Even if it doesn't feel good, even if it feels like I'm not taking into consideration that you are built for certain things. Sometimes God wants us to have a soft life, but we're too busy trying to have a hard life and be the thug. It's real. We're like, we're ready for battle, God. I'm 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 down for this. I got this. But like like, but like Sean said, we think that we're ready for something. And then when the darks come, like, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, player. I done read my word. I'm ready. Okay, so you can go ahead and just kill all that because I've done what I need to do right but the reality is that again what she's talking about is when it happens immediately we have the tendency as humans to think that it is because of us and our good works good works aren't going to get you into heaven say it again please good works will not get you into heaven Mm -hmm. that is not the thing and good works will not win the battle Mm -hmm. the strategy of God does that you and being can I just say one thing right there? Yes, man? yes. And and I want you to hop right back in, but good works are also not what's going to result in your intimacy with God. That is not what gets you to grow with God. You can read the Bible three hours a day and not grow with God. You can end up reading the Bible three hours a day and only grow more self-righteous. Yes, because you'll look for the scriptures that fit your, your plan and your narrative. Mm-hmm. That's usually the case. And that's normal. That's, that's normal. But you have to understand that strategy 
is God's gift. That's his. We are not able to create the strategy that will win the end game. God does that because he knows the end from the beginning. And so he can have a full and thorough strategy. And so he knows where to plant you, right? Mm-hmm. That, that he knows where to do that. And the word says that he had purpose and plan first, and then he created us to fulfill that purpose and plan. That's what it says. That's what the word says too. Like, and so we get to this place of, I got this. No, 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 no. The plan was already in motion before you became. And so if you will be obedient and to submit to him, he can place you properly to effectuate his plan for his glory. Your plan and your glory don't matter in the end game. That's not what matters. Because if it did, the world would be going to hell in a handbasket based on one person. What? Like, that's not how that works. But God is thinking about the bigger picture and the redemption of humanity and how to effectuate that through each of his children. So he created the plan and the purpose. And then he mapped that bad boy out and he decided where each of us fit into it after the plan was created. The plan was not created for us. We were created for the plan. And so you have to be obedient. You have to be submission to be submissive. You have to be a good steward and you have to understand that this continuity thing, it is a consistent pruning of your humanity to take on his glory. So that's it. That's what I got. (laughs) Hold on, girl. Let me catch you up in the notes. (laughs) I love that. This pruning is a process to strip off your humanity, to take off his glory. Write that down, saints. It's a thing. It's a thing. That's, but the, the word says that, that we are created for his glory and to be a light unto the world for him. And so to do that, to do that, to fully take on that, there has to be a stripping away of your face and your desires and your goals for his. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has to be. It has to be. And so your season of isolation is your incubation. Because it's getting you ready to hold the seed that's coming. And when the seed comes, will you be obedient in the way that you nurture it? And will you be a good steward of the harvest that is coming from it by doing the pruning and the tilling and the working of the ground? Will you do those things, right? Constantly and with fervor, will you do that, right? Mm -hmm. And then he can give you the harvest that you seek when he realizes and sees that you are committed to the process, not the harvest. You are committed to the process. That's what he wants to see, that we're committed to the process and not the harvest. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you a secret. In my personal opinion, a lot of us think about the harvest, like the end game, like, oh, you know, uh, even the, the piece that Toot talks about or, or for um, me the, the self-confidence, like th- those are, those are things that I'm wanting. Right. Um, I think I used to think about that as being the harvest like that. Okay. Once I've achieved this, this is the harvest, but I have learned in this season for me, and this may change. So again, just hear that. But in this season for me, I have realized that the harvest for me is actually the process because it's the strength that I've gained. And so that when things don't work out, I'm still okay. 
because I understand that I have grown in ways I never would have before if I had not submitted to him. I realize that this process is my harvest because the woman that I am is more full. This woman that I am is more whole. This woman is more healed. This woman is more delivered. And so for me, that's also a gain. And so I'm not waiting on tomorrow. Today, I'm celebrating. Today, I'm celebrating that I am doing more of what he has called me to do. And so I take my eyes off the harvest and I'm committed to the process. Like, who do you want me to be today? Where do you want me to go today? What is this today? And I'll let you handle the end game, God, because that's your business. That's your business. My business is doing what you've called me to today. And can I do that well? Can I steward that well? And if I can steward today well, I count it as a win. I count it as a win. That's, That's it. Good. That's it. Well done. That's it. The Lord, I, I believe, I know that the Lord has said what he's wanted to say through us. I think so too. Yeah, girl, go sign off. Let these people meditate. <laughs> <laughs> For real, for real. I really hope that you guys took really good notes. If not, save this, save this clip, come back to it to share a lot of good information. I hope that it blessed you. I hope that you are really ready to open your heart to what the word of God is, right? The word of God, not necessarily us, but the word of God. That's the seed. That's the seed. So I hope that you're ready to, to open your heart. So I want you to hold Galatians 6 and 9 and Psalms 1. And we're going to do verses 1 through 3. I want you all to hold those in your heart for this week. It's really going to bless you. And when those things come up that try to derail you and to choose um, and to change your focus, that you will go right back to it's the process for me. It's the process for me. In due season, there is going to be harvest. But if you will remember that you're already reaping from your growth right now. Mm -hmm. You won't worry. You won't worry. Everything is going to come together in the end. It's all going to come together in the end. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining in me too. Thank you so much for joining no us. Thank you for having me. Love you guys. I love you all. Make sure that you, um, if you have not gotten your tickets to the Hey Pretty conference in February, go to heyprettylife.com. Get your tickets. It's gonna be bomb. I'm excited. Get your coffee. Get your word. And make it a good week, pretty. Bye.